Hello and welcome to Two Nerds Sitting on a Couch, in which two nerds sit on a couch and discuss science fiction and fantasy. Today, we're here to talk about Twilight Eclipse, mm-hmm. which should be pronounced eek lips, because this is the first time Bella really kisses people. She kisses a lot of people. And... You start to get the sense that in like the first one, she was sort of like a, you know, high school, budding high school romance, like, do I smell bad? And, you know, so we're watching her grow up. And, and then the next movie was all about like, oh, you know, Jacob is is like hot, like literally, he's actually very steamy. You know, it's yeah. a wolf thing. <laughs> and then what was the next one? This is the next this one. This one is, is the one where... They're really setting up the 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 final like you know showdown of the next movie, which is um, Bella, who obviously has already made her choice. Like intellectually, she knows what she wants to do, right. but emotionally, she's leading Jacob on because she's not really in charge of that part. The part that kisses him and asks him to kiss her, and like all of that crap is like you know. Obviously not the rational choice that she's making. She's just sort of desperate to keep his friendship. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's not like she's not attracted to him either. But he ultimately represents the, like, the flesh, you know, the, like, the heat of desire. Not the cold, calculating, you know, Mm. emotional, uh, emotionless, like, sort of marble statues of the vampires. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's sort of... What we've set up here is this life of the mind versus the life of the the, the body, um, you know, w- w- like wants versus desires. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I what I want is, you know, to to be thinner, but what I need is a cookie. <laughs> you know, like so I think all of those things are are sort of the 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 gel capsule around the. The right. movie here that that you know is is sort of this the structure that holds together what otherwise ends up being a lot of powder. Yeah, and I, and you know it's interesting that you said that about like the 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 desire versus the like because what I was just doing was looking up. So they don't they don't make much of this in the film at all, mm-hmm. but it's all over the book that you know the first the first book. Twilight was Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Second book, Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Third book, Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. And so in Wuthering Heights, I hesitate to call it a love triangle because it isn't. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, Kathy has a relationship with Heathcliff, who is her father's ward. He is, you know, he is swarthy and and sort of coded as... Um, he's, some people say that he's her father's illegitimate son. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I buy that. Anyway, but you know, they have this absolutely combustive relationship, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it is just completely on fire all the time. And like, they just can't, (laughs) they can't, right? Right. And they literally can't marry because X, Y, Z, England, right? Mm -hmm. Um... She gets sick and then stays at this guy Linton's house while she's recovering, mm-hmm. sort of ends up in this bloodless relationship with him. And 
basically like bowls him over and makes him marry her. Um, so, and this some, so, somehow fixes something with Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Meyer, I feel like, is setting it up. And Lytton is just, he's not even on the same level as Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. Heathcliff is, is a literally a force of nature, right? I mean, this is romantic with a capital R, mm-hmm. right? His name is Heath and Cliff. So anyway, so and then Lytton is just absolutely outmatched. And I mean, Kathy runs him over, you know, like she's just they're both running around. It's mayhem. And then everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so but Lytton is obviously like the father's choice. And, you know, he's the safe choice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Meyer thinks that is what Jacob is. Because Jacob hmm. is, you know, the father's choice, mm-hmm. and he is human, or, you know. But also notably, not necessarily all that smart, because, you know, he's being homeschooled. He doesn't even go to the school, which is like a pretty big difference between he goes Edward, the... who like, not only seeks out a constant high school education <laughs> to the point where, you know, they've got a whole giant framed thing of like a hundred... Yeah. graduation hats so they clearly value this high school graduation mm-hmm. whereas Jacob's just sort of like I mean whatever I, I like the res we just sort of hang out I, well I mean I think technically that there is a high school on the reservation yeah that's not really how the movies play it no but that's probably just racist anyway <laughs> so so yeah and then you know Edward is the is the one that Bella obviously there's this really great um passage in Wuthering Heights where Kathy talks about how you know he's the Heathcliff is the son and she's you know she is always turning towards him and mm-hmm. you know like and that's Bella towards Edward right so right. that's that's what Bella that's what Meyer is trying to do but it's all fucked up yeah because it's actually the other way around a little bit and then also, it wasn't ever a choice with Kathy. Kathy just ran over Linton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he wasn't—he was never even a player in the game. Right. I guess is what I'm saying. Whereas I feel like Jacob kind of is, kind of. See, if you had like, so I never read Wuthering Heights or okay. the Twilight books this far in. So I just—I don't think that I necessarily would have picked any of that up that way. Like, you describing that to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, so Lytton is obviously Edward then because he's the one she's marrying. Right. And, like, he's the, like, kind of dry intellectual, like, you know, and she kind of bowls him over and is like, you're going to turn me into a vampire. He's like, I don't want to. I'm so sad about mm-hmm. souls. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jacob's blowing his clothes off and disappearing into the woods <laughs> for no really good reason other than he's like now all of a sudden filled with testosterone rage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's really what this ends up being is that it's like, so yeah, he puffs out into like some muscly, you know, whatever, strapping young teenager finally growing a body. Well, and also and kind like, of puffs out like a house cat, right? He's always yeah. like, and so he's like he's really big but it but it sort of reads a lot like like roid rage you mm-hmm. know like he's doing all this lifting and he can't actually control his emotions Mm-mm. he'll fly off a handle at a, at a second whereas edward is the complete opposite he ha- almost has no emotions mm-hmm. that, that make any sense you know because he's just sort of like no. you know i, I just want to do what's best for you or whatever you know i mean the whole thing is just sort of like 
emotionless, dry. It's just sort of, I don't know. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense, and it and it's not passionate. It does. It does not work. It does not map correctly. Like it's one of those just like. I mean, I think it's it's kind of charming how she's managed to kind of misread all of these, <laughs> like all of these um, classic novels, but especially Wuthering Heights because I feel like a lot. I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people think they know things about it, and I felt like I knew things about it before I read it probably 10 years ago and mm-hmm. I was like oh this is not what I was expecting yeah I mean I guess unless the books feature semaphores I have no idea <laughs> what to expect from it at yeah. all you know so it's like by the by the time you're maybe like a halfway through the book or less Kathy's dead Heathcliff raises her daughter no son mm-hmm uh, whatever his revenge is basically fucking up the lives of everybody around him for the rest of time it is ab- like it is an 100 percent hate cast with like literally killing puppies like he literally <laughs> kills puppies yeah like on screen like he is the fucking prince of darkness yeah i mean i feel like you know <laughs> it's wonderful I, it's just yeah like i don't know people think that it's like this like girly book or whatever but it's just like I guess if, you know, domestic abuse is girly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, so I guess I just wanted to say that because, like, and, but it's not even part of the movie. They really do not gloss it that way. They do, no. New Moon, they definitely gloss the Romeo and Juliet thing kind of constantly throughout the but book. But maybe you're reading her intentions wrong. I mean, like, with Romeo and Juliet, it's pretty clear how that ended. And you look at how, you know, the, the, how the Twilight movie ended and, like kind of she she rewrote it to be right this is like all of her fanfic of these books that's what she's doing she's telling you the book and this book that she's writing is going to fix the problems with it well and i guess that would be an interesting take on it is it like it instead she like reverses linton and 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 uh uh heathcliff because linton is the acceptable choice Mm-hmm. And so is Edward, you know, and right. like the whole, like all of that bullshit about losing your soul or whatever. It's like, could you point on the doll where your soul resides? <laughs> I mean, because I don't, yeah. I don't, I mean, that gets dropped as a concern pretty fast. Well, and even Edward sort of admits that he's old fashioned and this is something that he believes. Mm-hmm. And maybe not even the rest of the Collins, you know, because like, I feel like, like, you know, the, the doctor has a conversation with Bella at one point and. And like, kind of talks about Edward's obsession with the soul and everything, sort of in a, in a in a way to suggest that he doesn't share that right belief. And so it's like, yeah, Edward, come I, on. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to Getting our like our little headcanon that he's actually seventeen internally, because that's yeah. like a stupid seventeen year old thing to think about yourself. Yeah, no, that's true, and I I like that read better only because then it lets you like have some plausible believability. <laughs> about a lot of things Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah yeah. no that's right that's right so let's see what did i write here okay so um i made some notes they're all kind of bad um the first one is newborns are super dumb um because the plot insofar as there is one is that um Victoria. victoria from the first movie and the second movie only a different actor now yeah, now it's... Uh, What's her face from Jurassic Park? Which, she's so young that you can't... I, I didn't recognize her. 
Yeah, she's the daughter of Ron Howard. Right. So, um, yeah, so now she's she's Victoria, and she is hanging out in Seattle creating, quote-unquote, newborns. A newborn army. A newborn army um, using a kid from Forks um, to manage the details so that um, Alice can't, Alice's clairvoyance can't see it. Yeah, because apparently her clairvoyance now all of a sudden in this movie is linked to intentionality. And so it's not until you, so like in the many universes, like perception here. (laughs) Like your your choices are what are what defines the range of alternate universes mm-hmm. that are now open to you. Um, so in your your you know your everything everywhere all at once, if you don't make any decisions, then you are actually at the perfect nexus of all decisions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as long as Victoria doesn't actually make a decision, then that that like directly affects a future. Then that future is never really materialized as an option. Right, but but pretty clearly she's creating an army for something and telling this guy to do something. So why? I mean, she's I guess she's keeping him in the dark as to her exact plans, which involve like walking straight towards Bella across all (laughs) countryside lakes and rivers (laughs) rivers included. Yeah, absolutely. Like like the like the zombies in Land of the Dead. Yeah, I mean they kind of look like zombies too. Yeah, a little bit. Well, high-functioning zombies, right? No, I don't know. You could call these kids high-functioning. <laughs> like, they're right. newborns, yeah. you know. Yeah, so um, yeah. So that's the plot, is that Victoria's doing this, and that eventually they'll have a big like fight out with the Collins, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and then Michael Sheen and Dakota Fanning will put in Show their appearances. The very end. Yeah. <laughs> so then the other thing I made note of is that, so we got... Um, Edward's backstory insofar as there is one in Twilight, I believe. No. Maybe the last... What, it doesn't matter. Basically, he was dying because of the flu. The right. end. There's no other really talk about what, why, anything about his life. Right. Um, then we get the backstories of Rosalie and Jesper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some big feelings about both of those backstories, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rosalie, like, it looks like it's kind of the 20s, right? Yeah, something like that. And she's got a boyfriend. Because she didn't want to be turned into a vampire because her life was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she had a perfect... And that's why she launched into this story to tell Bella how perfect her, her life was. Right. And how it sucks that she became a vampire. So, yeah. So, what happened is she had a perfect life until her boyfriend basically... Fiancé, right? Fiancé. I'm sorry. You're correct. Fiancé gang raped her with his friends and left her to die. (laughs) Which, I mean... I don't know what you aspire to, but that sounds like my perfect life. Uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously, super stand-up guy. Also, but it's like, but it's also like, like everything involving Meyer and like sexual assault. It's all just insane. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how it, like, it's not how any of this works. Yeah. But it is pretty cool when she comes back from the dead, dresses in a, you know, bridal gown and then go murders him and all of the guys. Okay. Yeah. All like crow fashion. Yeah. Okay. So that part is absolutely the most obscenely metal part of all of the Twilight movies. And I wish that there was a 
Rosalie on a revenge fantasy tour movie. I, I mean, I, I would think watch you need to, shit I think out you of need it. to write that book. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I could go on Ao3 and find like <laughs> just tons of it because yeah. it's and it and it looks great on screen. Like yeah. her in her big old white dress, getting blood on it, and then killing people and making yeah. them piss themselves. I mean, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, like I love it. So that's definitely like a highlight of this movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> is, pretty good. Is Rosalie on on a revenge? Um, but I then, already remember Jasper's backstory. Okay, well, so this is so Jasper, and he is one of multiple multiple vampires who were Confederate soldiers. Right. And I don't know what this is. Like somebody with better like cultural critical skills than I needs to explain why there are so many of these like lost cause assholes walking around as the undead. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was one, the guy from um, True Blood was one. Uh, what was that? What was that one like Marvel Universe character nobody's ever heard of because he's like the Confederate cowboy? Oh, um, who can talk to the dead? Yeah, heck, well, heck, hex something. Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's another one. Um, even I mean, even um, interview with a vampire. They're white Southerners in the book mm-hmm. who own slaves actively. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's definitely one of those weird things. So he, he's like a Texas Confederate who falls in with, I mean, I thought this was really funny when we're watching it. There's like three vampire ladies in the water and you were like, started singing the song from Oh Brother Where Art oh, Thou yeah. <laughs> from the siren <laughs> sequence. Cause that was totally what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so he's just a Confederate soldier who ends up like managing this this newborn army for this bitchy lady in Texas. The end. I mean, it's Which, not... and then he explained the mechanics of an of an army because it's like obviously it's political. Because I mean, you look at the Volturi and they do what they do because of their you know mental prowess, right? Mm-hmm. But this army, this army is just like a bunch of newborns who don't know what they're doing, and she wouldn't let them live longer than a year. Like mm-hmm. she would kill them off. And then, and you know, bring in new ones for him to train. Mm-hmm. So he was like constantly training newborns for mm-hmm. her, so that that she could keep them all like dumb and and submissive. Mm-hmm. Because I guess any longer than a year, and they start, you know, having ideas or yeah, something, like getting out of their cage. And so, <laughs> yeah. But then at least we get to see like what newborns are like, because I mean, this is kind of building up to Bella eventually you know getting turned and becoming a newborn mm-hmm. um so we have this newborn army to see that it like you kind of do lose yourself a little bit with mm-hmm. the bloodlust in in the first the way they described it was the first couple of decades <laughs> right and so it actually it doesn't actually really feel like it tracks to have a newborn army that you can actually point in a single direction i mean it just seems like they would be herring off you know well, doing whatever constantly. But obviously, this is this is the the the, the value of Jesper was was that he could keep them in line in a way that this guy Ryan or Dylan or whatever his forgettable name was couldn't. Yeah. 
Daryl. I don't know. <laughs> but he did. But he did. He marshaled them all the way there. They weren't running them up. Yeah, they were trashing Seattle and causing riots. And <laughs> you know, I mean, like the Volturi were about to show up and, and break some skulls. Uh-huh. You know, like he did not have them under control. And like by the time he marched them uh-huh. anywhere, like half of them had died killing each other. You know, I mean, yeah. like the whole thing is just like a mess. <laughs> It's a mess. Yeah, no, you're right. It is a total mess. Like, she totally needed a Jasper, but yeah. she, she would never allow But she was somebody... just looking for numbers and, like, you know, for, for uh, her little army to point at the Collinses because she just didn't have enough. I mean, she'd been trying forever, and there's just too many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I do have to say that, like, I mean, we've said this before, that, that Meyer's world building is ad hoc, right? Yeah. And the fact, like, it's in the text that uh, newborns are stronger than everyone else. And I was like, why in the fuck would that even be a thing? Yeah. Like, that's that's not a thing about anything in the world. It's like, the more you become something, the more you are that thing. Right. Not, you know, you're strongest at the beginning and then it all falls apart. Unless you have a really screwed up view of age and, like, you know, you're thinking about, like, yeah. when you were... 18 and at your prime and now that you're in your like 40s writing your novel well, and you know what i guess that, that would go along with her uh, like ongoing kind of terrifying weird t- scare terror of aging yeah because that is just <laughs> it is just like this drumbeat in these books of like terror of aging terror of aging and like good lord yeah because you want your immortality yeah it's it's weird <laughs> yeah it's pretty weird like, it's pretty fucking weird yeah so there we have we have uh rosalie and jasper jasper's backstories and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that we ever get i mean again i i read the first book in the last book because mm-hmm. i kind of wasn't interested in what happened in the middle two so i don't really know but i don't think we ever get um um alice or the other the who farted looking guy yeah, and there's also a bunch of um, r- randos with powers who show up, you know, like, it, it's all of the, the Cullen allies from all across the planet. But they only show up in the next movie. Um, y- yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we meet them until the wedding. Um... I think my point had something more to do with how they're all like ad hoc, fun and unique. Oh yeah, like... no, it's totally, li- it's totally like, you know. But I don't really Bra- remember what Brazilian my was. jungle Barbie <laughs> and you know Alaskan ice queen Barbie and yeah, and they all have their own like special magical powers, mm-hmm. but like none of their the this new killer army has any powers at all that anybody no, can tell. Not as far as I can tell, yeah. There's no it's There's just no discrimination. Not... They're not picking the right kinds of people. Well, but it's also just again with the ad hoc. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just like let's whatever, let's just throw things at it. And let's just do things to like to put Dup Bella in danger. Because for whatever reason, so this army is coming at Bella and um the Collinses. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they managed to rope in the wolves to help. Yeah, because there's vampires coming onto their territory, and the Collinses are like, "Well, we'll be our allies because we want to kill them too." Okay, but 
why don't they just let the vampire army kill the Collinses and then they kill the vampire army and now they have no problems? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the Eagles could have flown the ring into Mount Doom right at the beginning, but then, like, where would the book be? Like, why would you watch this movie then? Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, it just it just seems like one of those things where I'm like, why are you guys even talking to each other? Just, just, because, just because Jake has a boner, I mean, it just doesn't seem good enough. And, like, Jake is in, like, such a precarious position with Sam, who is the actual leader. Like, why is anybody putting up with this? I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's because he cares for Bella so much that this is the best way to do it is to, you know, join it's, forces. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. So, and you never know when you're going to end up naked in a tent with, you know, somebody. Okay. Well, so, yeah. So, let. So I think I think that we can get right to the ending, right? Because <laughs> like, nothing else happens. Because really nothing <laughs> There's matters. There's a lot of people, like, mooning around and being sad and, like, not nearly enough Jessica FaceTime, who is the real protagonist of this series is this the one where they graduate no that's the next one Mm-mm. or yeah no they do graduate because she's got to give the valedictorian speech because clearly she's superior to mm. bella already because she's got that intellectual superiority that she should really be the one who's being courted by edward but she would turn him down because she's leaving for university yeah you know she's she's not gonna stay 17 what are you stupid i have things to do (laughs) president student council you are going to write that fanfic (laughs) you are writing it right now yeah um anyway yeah no that's true so i i think they must graduate in there I don't even care. What I want to get to is the part where you have to get naked into a sleeping bag with with a werewolf. Yeah, because the one thing Edward couldn't figure out is why anybody would need a real sleeping bag up on the top of a mountain. Yeah, okay, so they decide. So, newborn army is coming your way, walking from Seattle. <laughs> like, couldn't they rent a fucking bus? Anyway. Yeah, no, they walk for four days. Four days. From um, Seattle. Seattle. It shouldn't take that long. It really just. Shouldn't. It would take a lot less time if they wouldn't walk straight over the mountain and under the lake. Well, they and they do talk about like running to the Canadian border on the regular. Yeah. So. So the walking seems a little a melodramatic little, for nobody's nobody's watching. It, none of it makes know? any sense. So anyway, but they decide what they're gonna do is they're gonna take, like, Bella's gonna get a piggyback ride, from. Jacob, because apparently if you get a piggyback ride, nobody can smell you anymore. Well, it's more of, yeah, it's more of a piggyback ride on a dog. Right. Doggy style. Because <laughs> you don't still, whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, it's his stinky feet that's touching the ground, though. Like, she's just wafting through the air. But the air is what matters, isn't it? I don't think that's how that works. Well, it doesn't matter. So yeah, so he takes gives her on a piggyback ride, and they and they piggyback up to Rohan, um, which is snowy for some reason now. Yeah, because they ran up to the top of the mountain. Yeah, so they're up there, and then um, like uh, Edward is up there. They're gonna just sit out the fight with Bella. Um, and yeah, Edward just didn't bring a sleeping bag cause he's a dipshit. Yeah. And he's cold. Yeah. He's like a cold person. So she starts freezing to death. So, 
And Jacob doesn't even need a shirt. <laughs> no. In Jake, the snow. Jacob He's is out there shirtless and like climbs into bed with her. And then they have this whole conversation about fucking whatever. It's totally hilarious. I just think the whole thing is like, is that is like a, like people call these books romance novels, mm-hmm. but they're really not. You don't think that that was like really hot sexual tension between Jacob and right. Edward no, there? But that's, but that's what like, I'm that saying. That was a threesome in a tent where one of them was asleep. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying is that, like, this is, like, the one time, or there are other tropes that she deploys, but this is the one time she deploys, like, this hoary old chestnut of a of a romance trope in the middle of this, like, agonisties, mm. you know? I mean, it's romance novel adjacent, but romance novels are, aren't this messy. Right. <laughs> like, they're just not. Yeah. Like, uh, you know... Yeah. <laughs> you don't take five books to figure your shit out. Right. <laughs> um, also, you don't have several bloodbaths in the middle. Anyway, so... And speaking of giant plot holes that, like, you know, end up actually being plot mechanisms is, like, yes, all they can smell is dog, so they're not going to chase a dog. Mm-hmm. But they can also smell Edward, so they chase Edward's smell. And it's like, oh, my God, Edward... Couldn't you have maybe gotten a piggyback like, ride? Gotten a piggyback ride? Yeah. Like, isn't there a dog who could have carried you too? Right. Did nobody think about that? No. I mean, I guess not. Nope. So whatever, they find her. Yeah. So then, so then, yeah, Victoria and her boy toy show up. Right. And which it's weird that they didn't bring the whole army, but whatever. Well, the army was down getting its ass kicked by. Yeah, they should have run away. Yeah. Whatever. Some of them tried. I mean, I guess she was keeping a lot of the Collinses and dogs busy. Well, she, you know, yeah. I guess she wasn't expecting the dogs. So that was, you know, kind of a good, good surprise. Little thing. Yeah. I mean, this is, I guess, damning it with faint praise, but there is actually a plot here in this book, unlike a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Like, you know, in the beginning, it's like there's this thing happening with this thing. And then it progresses until that actually happens. Right. Or like is... the last movie where a bunch of stuff didn't happen. Right. But, you know. Yeah. It, it did, but it didn't. But it didn't. Right. But I mean, the first book, it's like a bunch of mooning around and then there's a little bit of action at the end. The other book is the new moon is a bunch of mooning around and a little bit of action at the end. And then this one is actually, there is actually plot. Yeah, although the plot's pretty stupid. Oh my god, someone's after Bella again. <laughs> like someone is constantly after Bella. I mean, no wonder she feels like she needs she needs all of this protection. And the only question is like who can give her the most protection? Yeah. Like this is a, a serious through line for Stephanie Meyer where like obviously she has this um, I, I'm I'm gonna just sort of label it as a conservative point of view on your like this is this is the sort of mentality that that makes you want to buy a gun, mm-hmm. right? Because you are constantly afraid of everything. You feel like you need protection from everything, from all corners of everywhere, and that's the thing that drives you. Like that's the thing that that like that sort of person is gonna write a book like Twilight, where Bella constantly needs protection. Where, you know, because at the very beginning, her dad's like, I gave you mace. And it's like, well, why didn't you just give her a gun? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure a gun at close range could take out a vampire. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they'll just shatter. I mean, it's there's or like, like it's like the Buffy like uh, rocket launcher thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, the whole thing just just sort of smacks of un unrealistic, un not. It's not even useful fear. Yeah. Because the like, I mean, I don't know. You were saying that that Stephanie Meyer picked Volvo's as being important to what Edward drives, and it's because it's safety. It represents safety. Yeah. That's their entire brand. It's boxy but safe. Mm-hmm. And to have Edward drive that says something about what she thinks Bella wants. Not what she desires, but what she wants is protection. Right. Because the world is out to get her. And, like, objectively it is. They're, like, everybody's out to get her. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, for no really good reason. They should be out to get Jessica. She's so much better. <laughs> I bet she even tastes better than Bella. No, Bella smells amazing. Yeah, I guess. That's You're just stupid. You're my own personal heroine. Yeah. Jessica, I'm sure, smells way better. Okay, well, yeah. No, I agree. And I also do think that there's something about, like, performative masculinity here. Because, yeah. like, you know... Bella gets to be under siege all the time, and those dudes get to step up and beat their chests and 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 commit violence. Actually, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, this the, sort of getting back to your why all the Confederate soldiers. I think this is why because they're the the like the representation of chivalry and like I will fight for your honor in a way that right. no self respecting Union officer is going to do because they're fighting for like human rights, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But whatever, you can fight for people's honor and stuff. I'll protect you is what that says. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. to an unreasonable degree. Right. And also just... And wall- I'll throw my jacket on the floor. Right. So that you can walk on that. Wallpapering over the fact that we have enslaved more than uh, half of the know, population. But that's the trade-off, right? I mean, I will protect you, but it means you have to wear this burqa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's totally true, and that's and that's probably right. That's why the Confederate soldiers are in there. Yeah, like because it is a certain, you know, because because actually honor bound systems are are completely gross because they they rely on um, preemptive violence to keep everybody in line. Yeah, like that's you know that's why you you know, kill your wife if she sleeps on, around on you because it's like, it's, it hurts your honor. I mean, like, the, the Volturi represent sort of the the vampire world police force, but they don't, unlike an actual, like, government, they don't have the monopoly on violence. Mm-mm. And so it sort of falls flat because what good are they really? They oh, do no, have... the Volturi are coming, you know? No, I mean... they do have the monopoly on violence. It's like when when Edward went to go get himself killed, that's who he went to. Yeah, but he had to go to Italy for it. I mean, I guess they would come after you, but it all, it all sounded like, you know, it's a numbers game, which is why the go-to-sleep little baby lady had a, an army of newborns was so that she could maintain some sort of, like, vampiric... Go to Victory. sleep, little baby Victoria. No, um, go sleep. Oh, Jasper's lady. Jasper, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, back in his backstory with the southern southern bells or whatever, like that's <laughs> what she was doing was like was consolidating her her power. You know, right, right. And it wasn't because she was gaining some sort of human power or setting herself up as a like secular government. You know, I mean, it, no. this was all about vampires. Right. Vampower. Vampower. 
Which also just feels really weird. It's like, why? Like, that just seems like a lot of work. It does. And for what? Which is, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we sort of skipped over my vampiric victory. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, high five. High five. <laughs> or, no, but we're not done. That was oh, just right, a high right. five. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought we could be done with that. <laughs> okay. Because well. what else do you have to say about this movie? Seriously. No, you're probably right. I just feel like we need to, like, wrap up a little, little tighter here. Okay. So, let's see. Do I have anything else? No, I mean... Uh, what are you gonna say yeah nothing all right well oh i actually i do want to say that that engagement ring is the fuggoest ring of all time it's yeah, so fucking it's ugly i can't even it looked like a non-pareil yeah which just makes me hungry yeah it's super bad we should go get some non-pareils all right high five now um i feel like at this point it would just sort of be a vamp Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Come on. It was very good. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. Okay, whatever. High five. <laughs>